Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Drivers! Start your engines! When I'm driving, I got a guy on the radio who talks to me. It's him. He talks to me. Well, good evening, race fans. Welcome to the Hoobazoo Radio Network. Welcome to the Draft from the Circuits program. My name is Frank Santoroski. I'll be your host for the next hour as my friends and I, Louise and Richard, talk about everything racing. I go over to races from last week, do a little preview of next week. Uh, fellas, how are we doing today? Good, thank you. At least it was sunny today. At least it was <laughs> sunny today, yep. So, uh, have, you, have you dried out since po- Portland yet, Louise? <laughs> my cameras are good. My jacket got improved. It's just the clothes I need to wash before I head to a near 100 degree weekend again. All right, well, so, yeah. you so you're out, you're off to Sonoma for the cup race, right? That is correct. Right. And, and, West too. And you're back from the um, Xfinity debut out in uh, the Pacific North Northwest, your home area of the yep. country in portland uh we'll get into that race in a little bit but uh before we do i want to let you know our program is sponsored by dan blay racing art that's blay b-l-e-y find him on facebook get your custom die cast uh from dan he does fantastic work and uh his son michael does uh some work too and uh he's uh he's been trained by the best those those guys stuff look great also, Mark Dill and Legend of the First Super Speedway. You can pick up Mark's book on his uh, website, superspeedway.com. I'm sorry, firstsuperspeedway.com, uh, as well as there's the Trevor treasure trove of uh, racing history, old uh, clips, old articles, um, stuff dating from the early years of racing from the 1910s to the 30s. So that being said, let's talk about racing from... The 20s, that being the 2020s, 2022, Detroit, last race on Belle Isle. And what we saw was some very interesting uh, different strategies play out. So we had a race that went caution-free the whole time, uh, which hurt some guys' strategy and and helped other guys, certainly. Uh, But at the end of the day, it was Willpower, who looks as solid as ever, retakes the championship lead after a, a disappointing Indy 500, but Will has been remarkably consistent this year. He's been remarkably cool, calm, and um, yeah, just very mature, very smart driving. And uh, he, he had a strategy that was a little risky, uh, but he made it work. So, but let's, let's talk about those strategies a little bit. So uh, if you watch IndyCar, you know, we have the red tire, and the black tire, the red tire is faster, but it is also much softer and it wears out pretty quick. 
and uh, once it starts to once they start to wear down the lap times fall off dramatically uh the black tires are a little slower but they last a lot longer and they're very consistent throughout a long run so there's a couple of different ways you can play that because you have to have at least one stint on your red tires so some guys put they start on the reds and some of these guys are in as early as lap seven or eight uh get rid of them reds and which pretty much um, makes it a three-stop race for them. They, they just go ahead and resign themselves to a three-stop race unless there's like a tremendous amount of cautions uh, where you won't have to, uh, you know, you can maybe stretch the fuel. Um, the second option is to start on the blacks, uh, run the reds in the middle. The reds last a little longer when there's more rubber on the track. Uh, try to get the most you can out of those. Uh, to make this strategy work, you'd have to um, really maximize your blacks on the first set, um, get your make your reds last as long as you can, uh, and make sure you, you're within a fuel window to finish them. And that's usually the preferred strategy. Now, Will Power opted to start on blacks, put, put uh, blacks on on the second stint, and uh, those two stints he tried to stretch the fuel as long as he could, and then he tried to. Uh, build up the biggest lead he could um, on his second stint on the blacks and just take it as long as he could and then finish up on the reds. And he was looking at about 20 laps on those reds at the end. Um, but he was able to play it perfectly. New Garden tried the same strategy last year, and it uh, backfired to the point that he, he almost – Almost made it work, but uh, Pato Award was able to, to catch him at the very end of the race and, and take the win. Uh, this year, it looked like Rossi was in a position to take that win from Power as Power's lap times were falling off. But uh, as it turned out, Rossi simply you know ran out of laps in the race. Had there been one, maybe two more laps, I think Rossi would have gotten around Will as his uh, lap times fell off dramatically. Now. It would have been one big statement victory for sure and regarding Rossi because we're now going into three years without a win and we know this is it for him with Andretti. It would have been something had he pulled it off. As a matter of fact, next uh, the next race on the schedule is his three-year anniversary uh, of his last win, Road America. So he's pretty hyped to go there coming off a rather strong performance in Detroit. But let's talk about the guy who blew the strategy. And that being Joseph Newgarden, who started from the pole. Um, now, admittedly, he probably wouldn't have been on pole uh, had it not been for an incident uh, that kind of ended the, the fast six session early. And that involved uh, Grosjean uh, mm. getting, getting off course and, and getting in the wall. Uh, that was a were, big hit. That was a big yeah. hit, man. But there were a couple of guys on flyers that probably would have uh, nipped Joseph for the pole. But as it turned out, you know, Grosjean put it early into the session. So Joseph opts to start on reds, right? But then they make the curious decision. And uh, I hate to say it this way, but uh, they really shit the bed with this strategy. Um, <laughs> you know, they, 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 instead of making a three stop, they try to start with reds and still do a two stop. So they tried to stretch out those reds as long as they could, which ended up being 19 or, or, or 20 laps. Uh, which by the end of that run, New Garden was nearly five seconds off the pace. 
Um, other guys that started on reds were in as early as, you know, lap seven, eight, nine, go ahead and get rid of those reds. So very curious to start on the reds when it's less rubber on the track. And, uh, it just didn't work out, but new garden tried power strategy last year. That didn't work out. So it looks like, uh, Joseph's a little snake bitten at Detroit. Um, and then of course, will had a shot at winning last year. And when they had the late red, well, that's the guy that, uh, car didn't start so uh yep and ironically you mentioned Grosjean Grosjean will probably one of the few drivers that won't will be glad they're leaving Belle Isle because he has wrecked three cars at that one all pretty big ones when you think about it he wrecked the both races in last year one of them which ultimately brought the red and then of course in qualifying so but yeah for it's kind of a, it's a shame for New Garden because like McLaughlin both of them started off really well, but suddenly they're kind of skinning off a little bit. Whereas Will Power, excluding Indy, he has finished in the top four all season. And that's what you need to do an IndyCar these days to be a championship contender or even win it all. You have to be putting delivery excellent results. And for Power to do so, get his redemption win in the final race at Belle Isle. It's got to be sweet that he got a win essentially still early enough in the season compared to what we've seen the last few years. They come very late in the year where he's already out of contention. So I'm curious to see how power continues that momentum. But like you said, different energy, different vibe. And rather than kind of like dwelling on the negatives, he's found a way to capitalize after a rather miserable month of May in the 500. Yeah, Will is, he's, you know, some something has made him a changed man. I, I don't know. I don't know if I could point to one thing, uh, but he says, uh, you know, he's very open. They said his, his mental state is better than it's ever been. And it's, you know, it's quite obvious in his driving uh, this Detroit race. Again, like I said, the strategy, strategy was a little risky uh, and it did not work last year for his teammate, Joseph Newgarden. But he played it perfectly. He, he Will didn't put a wheel wrong all day. He started from 16th. You know, he, he wasn't great in qualifying. Started from 16th and was able to 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 build up a a lead of oh my gosh, what was it? What nearly 30 seconds? Uh, you know, before Rossi started running him down as his tires were going off. Yeah, it was just it was played absolutely perfectly. It was you know as if somebody scripted the thing. But uh, yeah, great for Will. I mean, I've always been a fan of Will and I've, yeah, I've, I've kind of, you know, wondered the last couple of years if, you know, the 2014 was his high water mark when he won the championship, but he may never see another championship, but he's driving, you know, better than uh, nearly everybody else in the field right now. And he's going to be tough to beat. I mean, he's, he, he looks a little, uh, what's the word? Disconesque. I couldn't tell you what that word is, unfortunately. So I'm Dick, not. Yeah, he's looking. Digging. He's looking quick. Dixonesque. Yeah, Dixonesque. Yeah, the guy. You know that that the guy from New Zealand won six championships. I know. I, I coined a word. Um, it's all right. I was thinking sporty, as Joey would say sometimes about some drivers. All right. So now, Richard, I know you had a chance to watch the race. Um, yeah. Our last race on, on the island. So uh, what are your some of your, some of your takeaways from the race? What are your some of your uh, uh, things that you in, enjoyed or maybe disliked about this one? I thought it was a great race. Um, you know, not the most um, you know interesting in terms of, uh, you know, there wasn't a lot of cautions and a lot of guys make mistakes or whatever. But 
I thought it was a really, really good, entertaining race. From a, as you mentioned there, Frank, you know, from a strategy perspective. And, um, you know, seeing how two or three at times very diverging strategies sort of uh, converged into one final result uh, were, was fantastic. You know, in, in Formula One these days, you know, which you think is the ultimate strategy sort of racing series, you know, it all seems to sort of like, everybody seems to maximize the same strategy and it's all a little bit blur, but uh, not in this instance. No, I thought it was, um, I thought IndyCar got, you know, put on a great show uh, from a strategy perspective and some fantastic driving, disciplined driving, you know, nursing the tires and I think power for the last, um, you know, 20 or so laps there, nursing those red tires to the end was uh, a very, very impressive drive and didn't make a mistake all day. So fully, fully deserving of the race uh, victory. W- one thing I would like to see coming out of it, and I know it's difficult on a road course like that, that is a, a real road course, is better timing and scoring on the pylon from the spectators or from the you know TV viewerships. Because I was watching it on TV and I was struggling to keep up at times with what the gaps were. Uh, you know, at one point, you know, Will was like 20 seconds ahead on a lap and then it was 40 seconds and it dropped down to 10 and then, Eventually, it all sort of caught up. But, guys, it's difficult to try and keep up and work out where everybody was. But, um, yeah, I thought it was a fantastic race. And, uh, you know, Belle is one of those sort of like iconic circuits, isn't it, in a way? not It's not the greatest circuit in the world. But it's just a shame not to go back there because I think it does produce some half-decent racing. And, um, yeah, but on, on next year to see what the circuit is like down in, in downtown uh, Detroit there, and uh, yeah, I thought it was a you know good send off for the for the track, and uh, let's see what next year brings. Yeah, well, and the nice thing about that is you know when they first started going to Belle Isle, uh, there wasn't a lot there. You know, it wasn't you know it didn't have all the kind of bells and whistles that it has now. You know, they've got the uh, the, the atrium there and, and the hanging gardens and all the really nice stuff in the park, and and you know much to the dismay of some folks that the. Um, you know, the race takes that away for a couple of months a year while they're, they're doing build up and, and uh, you're doing setup and breakdown. But at the end of the day, it's it's the the race and Roger Pensy that has really funded the improvements to that park. And it's an absolutely beautiful facility uh, to go to this day and age. It's a wonderful place to, you know, take your family and spend the day. And that's, you know, that's Roger Penske and his, uh, his group. And I believe he said over the years, they've invested nearly $20 million into the, into the aisle um, and not into the race, just into the, um, the, the, the island itself. And uh, really, you know, turn that from, you know, kind of a, eh, you know, it's there to a wonderful place to go. Yeah, I, I, it's one of those tracks that I had loved to have seen because most of more or less of that, the anemones and all and <clears throat> the amenities they have done over the years because it looks completely different than it was in 1992. It looks even different when it was in 2000. And also, it's going to be sad to see a tradition go away because I thought the water fountain thing was a neat tradition, especially if it's a warm day, Belle Isle. Not a bad thing to cool off in the, in the, in the fountain. Oh, no, certainly not. That was uh, Ryan Hunter-Ray that started the tradition of jumping in the fountain. And, you know, it's funny how these things that, that you know, somebody does once just catches on. Like, uh, you know, it was Dale Jarrett who decided to kiss the bricks after the uh, Brickyard 400 one time. Now, everybody does that from, you know, the Indy 500 to the SVRA to the 
to the Indy Lights guys that uh, even <laughs> the, the, when they're the touring, asked, like, even the touring guide stuff. Oh, yeah. People that go there just to visit the track. Yeah, that, that, that's a thing to do. Get a picture of yourself kissing the bricks. Yeah. So and yeah. Uh, I, I, I wonder if people go into Detroit and jump in the fountain. Just to, <laughs> do just we know to, the uh, if do we know the layout of the track for next year? Yes, mm-hmm. it's it's quite interesting. It's not. Yeah, I mean, there's a couple of 90 degree corners, but the interesting thing is they have a split pit lane, you know, with half, half the pits on the left, half the pits on the right. And then they when they leave pit lane, they've got like a merging lane there. Uh, so that that could be a little fun to watch. Uh, but it was, I mean, the tra- it's I, uninspired would be a word I would use to say it. It doesn't really look like much. It looks a little like the old Cleveland circuit, although uh, the thing Cleveland had going for it was that it was tremendously wide and, you know, they can get, you know, seven, seven, eight wide. Then, oh, you know. Wasn't that Cleveland? Was it Cleveland? Where was it? Castaneda's got done for blocking on a ridiculous call a few years ago. Edmonton. Uh, yeah, that was, Ed, that was Ed, Edmonton. Edmonton yeah, no, another airport road course. Yeah. So, yeah. but yeah, but the, um, it'd be interesting to see. I mean, the, uh, the first couple of races. Oh, I see is, what you mean by the split. I've just pulled a photograph. Yeah, I see. What okay. you mean by the split yeah, yep. They got a split pit lane. Yep. So, but okay. uh, yeah, man, the first couple of races in downtown Detroit were um, Formula One races, and yeah, they, yeah. they were, oh, you know, they they were nothing but complaints from the drivers about everything from the quality of the racing surface uh, to imagine the, that. Yeah, to the um, lack of garages, uh, which, you know, Formula One only stayed there. What was it? Seven years? I think they they stayed there longer than they wanted to simply because that was their only presence in the U.S. for a couple of years. Uh, But once that once they got out of there, you know, they they became a cart race and then eventually they move it over to the aisle. But uh, I'd be interested to see how. Uh, the downtown circuit looks next year. Um, I mean, Detroit itself as a city has undergone a little bit of a, a little bit of a downtown renaissance, but uh, there's still just, um, you know, massive unemployment in the area. And there's just, <laughs> there's city block after city block after city block of abandoned homes in, in the outskirts of Detroit. So uh, it's your prototypical eight mile cliche stuff that you might people have heard about detroit oh yeah without a doubt yep Mm -hmm. i'll be Mm. curious to see how that how that goes at least it should look a little bit better than it was back in the day we'll see they could go they should go to one of the proving grounds and race around like ford's proving ground or something shouldn't they oh that would be fun yeah absolutely yeah i still remember the first uh, time I, I heard, don't know. Go to first, Michigan International Speedway. Yeah, I know, right? That's uh, that. That's uh, you sound like a most of the old time Indy car Indy car fans go back to Michigan, Fontana, and and, and Milwaukee. Yeah, that, so M- M- that one in Michigan, Milwaukee is like um, it'll be neat. Fontana, we already know there's a stipulation finale or bust. That's their mentality. Yeah, but even when they had a finale, nobody showed up. So yeah, that's true. <laughs> You know, so I it's what gonna, the track wanted, but they ne- they never got it, and they never came back. I still remember that Robin Miller post race comments to this day when it came out. 
Yeah. Yeah. So, but that's, you know, that's another story for another day. Uh, we are off to road America next, which uh, like we said, is the site of uh, Alexander Rossi's last win three years ago. Um, he's coming out of Detroit with great momentum. Uh, again, this is a track that he performs really well at. It's right in his wheelhouse. He seems to be now that he has his future secured, um, just more focused on his driving. Um, as we saw, he had a great weekend in Detroit. So I think Rossi could be uh, a real factor here in road America, but there's other guys that do great there as well. Plus we'll see the, uh, the, uh, road course debut of Beth Peretta racing. They'll have Simona D Silvestro in the car at road America and, uh, Peretta and, uh, Simona, they were there in uh, Ed Carpenter's pit at, pit at Detroit. Um, just kind of gleaning a little information. They've got a, a technical alliance with Ed Carpenter. So that'll be uh, another car on the grid that we haven't seen this year so far. So uh, yeah, be um, road America, be a lot of fun. It's one of the great road courses. So uh, Richard, who do you like for road America? I'm going to pump plump for Will Power again. I think he's going to go back to back and I think he's, he's looking good as you said, you know, he normally has a bad start to the season and, and sort of recoups towards the end of the year. But I think this year he hasn't had an amazing start, but he's had a good enough start. Excuse me. So, yeah, very impressed. And I think he's going to put a little run together here. Oh, uh, yeah, that's a excellent pick right there. Yeah, Pow, Power's on fire right now. So, Louise, who do you like? I'm going to probably, since he got Will, I'm going to go with Rossi. I think the, the drought ends, which I believe if Rossi ends his drought, I want to think Dixon is next in line or Sato in the longest drought. I know Dixon has been a, over a year now, but I'm going with Rossi with this one. He ends it at Road America this coming Sunday. Yeah, it doesn't exactly to the uh, to the race. Yep, I'm three years in over. Uh, who won at Road America last year? I'm trying to remember. Was it um, was it Felix or Felix won two years ago? Right? Felix didn't hasn't won since. Oh no 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 no! no. Palou won last year. Yeah, that was I think the one where Newgarden had it in control and then he had reliability problems at the very end when yes. Ed Jones spun it. And got and brought out a caution, and I think because of that, Cody Ware got a top twenty out of that whole race. Yeah, but Palou's been a little quiet this year, um, and as far as uh, you know, race wins, uh, he was really strong in Indy. But but again, we've you know we discussed the problems with the pits closing on him. Uh, so I think Palou could do really well here. Uh, and another guy you want to watch out for is Pottawa Ward. Yeah, I was I was thinking about going with him to win it, but I felt like maybe this is where the streak ends for the drought ends for Rossi. But I would yeah, not no, no, out. No, that's I mean Rossi's a good pick. He's won what twice there, uh, and in dominating fashion too. So, all right, so I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with uh, Palou. I'm sorry, I'm gonna stick with Award rather. Um, and we'll just see how that all plays out. But uh, Road America, again, one of my favorite places to go see a race. They've got some of the best track food you'll ever have, um, particularly if you like that Wisconsin-style bratwurst and uh, fresh cheese curds are abundant uh, in that area. So, um, yeah, looking forward to that race a ton. 
Um, so, but now, Louise, yep. you spent like you spent last week standing in the rain at Portland, yeah. where the uh, Xfinity Series made their debut there. Uh, so let's let's talk about that a little bit because it was uh, took a while to get that race uh, in. Uh, they went well over their television time, but uh, again, when you have a wet race in the rain, uh, you're going to see that uh, it's going to take a little longer to complete. So, uh, but at the end of the day, it was AJ Allmendinger, who you can never count on in a road course, despite the fact that he started pretty far in the back, worked his way up, ended up in the back again, worked his way up again, and it just uh, you know he kind of played everything perfectly yeah. and and well, was he- there. And was there when it mattered most. He wrecked before the green flag, didn't they? Yeah. He, <laughs> yes. On top yes. of the fact he, he was supposed to roll off 10th, he, they made adjustments to the cars. He had to start in the rear. And then he went off and he lost so much time. In fact, the start of the race when Anthony Alfredo laid the field to the green flag, half of them were in the first group. And like 10, 15 seconds later, the second batch, the second group came along. It's like, what is this, IMSA with these DPI GTLMs? I, it was split in half. And then way, way, way back, it was Almendinger. Problem that 40 I, seconds back, wasn't they? Yeah, he was. I think he lost a lap before the end of the first stage, which Ty yeah. Gibbs was in control of. The funny thing about that race, it was relatively clean. Yeah, you had moments where cars lost control all over the place, but it didn't get very hairy and well until the end of the second stage, towards the end of stage two, when the track was getting dry. Yes, at some point in the race, it got dry. It was getting dry, so it stopped raining. But Gibbs had the thing in the bag, and then suddenly, when one of the caution periods, Jesse Awuji was already multiple laps down. Everybody knows the story about Awuji in that 34 car to where He's not well received in the sense of how off the pace he is. But and during the cool when Gibbs was slowing down, Awuji got into Gibbs, turned him around. Fortunately, he had a big enough lead that he was able to get it back going, didn't lose too much ground, much to the chagrin of Robbie Gordon and Marcus Ambrose in Montreal 07. He kept the spot, but he would ultimately lose the lead to Andy Lally. Because they had a little bit of a moment later on. And then, of course, Gibbs and Noah Gregson got into it. Gregson assured he'll, he'll pay back Ty Gibbs at some point this season. To the point that he even bought Jesse Awuji gear that he shared on Snapchat. So the message is clear that Noah Gregson is not big. It's not a Ty Gibbs fan. He, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I saw that. Somebody well, that. Most of JRM aren't because, remember, Sam Mayer is also Gregson's teammate. Yeah, yeah. So now, now Jesse Awuji is an interesting guy. If you recall, we actually we had him on the show here a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. um, and and I really like the guy. I mean, he's uh, he's older than your average, you know, upstart guy in, in Xfinity. He's had a full military career behind him, very distinguished military career. Um, uh, he's worked some time as a as a recruiter as well. Um, you know, but he enjoys racing. Ra- yeah, he enjoys racing, but we, we had him on the show and he's a really interesting guy, real nice guy. He, he works really hard. He tries really hard, but I, I can't help but thinking he's in a little over his head in the Xfinity series. Yeah. And the thing is like, then it's, it's one of those things that are speech volumes, like a Texas, he didn't qualify the car. He had military re- related activity. That he had to go to, 
So Kyle Wetterman qualified the 34 car. He put that thing inside the top 20. And then when I was when I was Texas, I was thinking, 34 car actually qualified really good. And then lo and behold, unbeknownly, because I have my mind goes through a thousand miles an hour. I do writing and photography. I don't necessarily I can't keep up with everything all the time. I wasn't hundred percent aware that it, Kyle Wetterman qualified the car until the day of the race where Awuji was already, the 34 was well off the pace. And then I realized, well, that explains a lot because Kyle Wetterman, no secret. He's had some stout runs for Mike Harmon where he had a, had top 10 in one of the Kentucky races. So we, it's kind of became evident that Wetterman, if you put him in whatever car, he'll make the most of it. And in that case he did in qualifying and some people on social media have been vouching that they should put Wetterman in the 34 on a regular basis rather than just be a stand-in qualifying guy that puts it in the top 20. But it's, just, it's one of those ordeals where the, sometimes the, there's integrity and also just the competition to where you gotta be you got to be mindful. It was, it was a freak incident ordeal, but Sometimes a freak incident could be too much for a lot of people and justifiably so to a lot because stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Take, to take the leader out during a caution is, yeah, you're going to, I don't care who you are, you're going to hear about that for a while. Yeah, and it's just one of those sort of deals. And then that kind of ultimately hurt Gibbs as the race went by to where he was not even in the picture. Instead, who were in the picture were Jade Buford, who was running his first race back in the 48 after being essentially replaced by guys like Cass Grawla and Tyler Reddick, of which Reddick won that Texas race in the 48. He stayed out on dry, so did J.J. Yaley, who was dealing with a bad thumb where he can literally move it. He cannot move it. So I was thinking, Yaley and Buford and the penultimate restart, it was either going to end well or it going to end disastrous. Guys like Almondinger, Maya Snyder, who won stage two over Andy Lally, and speaking of Lally, as him as well, Justin Allgaier, Guy bombed into turn one, four one was not going to work, and guys like Allgaier, Lally, and Patrick Emerling, and five, five or six others got into it, eliminate hurt their chances of winning, but they had another late race caution, so that all of a sudden Almendinger went from starting in the rear. Being way, being way behind already before the green flag, losing a lap, getting his lap back, to now to the front. And Almendinger's made it no secret that he's very harder than himself. So no, he, he can't get a little frustrated. So, But he kept his composure, let the race come to him, and it did. And lo and behold, he was able to pull away from Maya Snyder and get the win at Portland, the same. Now he's he's distinctly known as a Grand Prix winner and a stock car winner at Portland because his first champ car win was indeed in the Pacific Northwest on Father's Day back in 2006, and his father was there that day. He was also there when he won this past Saturday. And right, and that was, uh, he ended up, that was the first of three champ car wins in a row mm-hmm. for Almendinger before he, uh, you know. Before he dipped to NASCAR, before, before, before he ended up being a NASCAR guy, yeah. So, but so now you mentioned Maya Snyder, 
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. No, I'll tell you, I was impressed with the kid, man. He's, he's He really knows his way around the road course. Now, we know he spent, uh, what, what he spent? He spent a season uh, racing the NASCAR Euro Series. Yeah, and that kind which of certainly is, Which is a them. lot of, yeah, it's a lot of road courses. And a racing against a lot of guys with a lot of road course experience. So uh, that really paid off uh, for, for, you know, young Myatt Snyder. Yeah, uh, where, where he had, Yeah, so he had a really good day. Very yeah, impressive. He, he had a strong weekend for a really strong weekend. And that's something that he's been needing for a long time. Like he could get a run on road courses. That's a matter of the conditions. It's just he needed some some luck on his side because he's well down in the points as far as as far as to battling. If I remember, he was forty eight over forty points behind Ryan C, who has has the twelfth and final playoff spot going in. So there's a really tight battle, and I think ha- putting a really superb result is going to cut the gap, and it's also encouraging for the Jordan Anderson camp that really need that really need some runs going because they have not had the best luck. Of course, Snyder had that horrific wreck at Daytona on the last lap, which is what people remember his season so far. But a run like that will certainly boost momentum and morale. Another driver that had a really strong weekend. Um, until he got taken out in an incident was Sheldon Creed. Sheldon Creed had, was quick. He was right in the top three, top five for pretty much the whole entire race. And then one of the chicane restarts and then infamous Shelton chicane that they used to call it the festival curb. He got taken out by Buford and it collected guys like Jeff Burton, Daniel Hemrick, and all those guys. And Creed tried to bring the car all the way back to the pits, but it just died on him. And Creed made sure Beautiful was number one twice. I wish he didn't get yeah, that yeah. for. So, oh, and poor old Jay Buford. He was <laughs> he's driving a car towards the end of the race. It looked like he entered it in a demolition derby the night before. Oh, there yeah. were a lot of cars. There are a lot of cars that looked like that. Yeah, and muddy. yeah. Yeah, but but Jade was uh, Jade was up close to the front with his. So, yeah. So interesting thing. So here's a, a question I have for you, Richard, uh, who has worked in NASCAR. I, I did notice and, and this is just a very innocuous kind of uh, thing that caught my eye. But the windshield wipers on the Xfinity cars. Right. Yeah, uh, I, I noticed that. um There seemed to be like different settings on them. Some of those yeah. guys had it just going just right in front of where the driver's face would be. Some of them had him going about halfway across the windshield and some of them had it going where it was going back and forth, cleaning the whole windshield. Is that, 
Is that is that a driver's choice kind of thing, or is that uh, or, or is that the thing malfunctioning? No, it's a driver or a team's choice typically. Um, you know, the the um, windshield wiper that you can buy is a OEM part off the street. You know, companies like Bosch, for example, make them. Um, so it's just a, a standard car part, a high end standard car part. But you'll typically uh, have different settings uh, on that. There'll be three or four different controls that you could set the wiper to, excuse me, in terms of its, its range. So like a, you could have, say, for example, a 30 degree sweep, a 60 degree sweep and a 90 degree sweep. And all that it will be is whichever of those, because they only have one setting in the cup series, they don't have multiple settings. Um, what, it, uh, what it'll be is, um, you know, whichever the teams pick, basically, of those three or two, depending on the model that they buy. But, um, yeah, now what you will notice is the parked position of the windshield wiper. Um, you know, some the, you, you'll notice it's never flat to the windshield. It's normally pointing upwards at an angle, or you know, to a certain extent. And yes, that's actually yes, an aero is, yeah. gain. That's okay. an aero gain. That they'll actually run these cars through the wind tunnel with um, the um, you know windshield wiper on, and they'll adjust the angle of the windshield wiper to find the optimum um, aero benefit from that uh, windshield wiper position. And this is why we've seen guys occasionally won't run the, the windshield wiper on a car when it's not even raining. Yeah, exactly. They, oh, yeah, they've no, got, got sure. it right there as a, yeah. So yeah. Now, I've noticed that. So to. I think so there's two things that, and, and I may be, I may be wrong. I may be wrong, but I think there's two things you have to run in a, in a road course in the NASCAR series. You have to have a windshield wiper and you have to have a rain light, even if it's at Sonoma, which I don't think they've seen rain there in the last, 15 years never mind actually during the race not since um, 2013 which had a caution for rain which i believe okay. is the only time we have had caution for rain in sonoma history to my knowledge no yeah, so now, hey, sonoma, sonoma stays pretty dry the uh, the brown yeah, grass still, the brown you know, grass attests to that yeah the cup series are there this weekend and you'll probably see all of the cars there have a windshield wiper and a you know the rain light even though the chances of it running are pretty remote now, I don't know whether they, um, so, you know, and, and it's purely for an aero perspective. I don't think you have to run it. I think you can take it off and install it when it rains because I think in NASCAR, when it rains, starts to rain, they'll actually throw a red flag and have like an enforced pit stop. It's the going the other way that the teams can make the call on when they go back to dry tyres. But when it starts to rain, I think NASCAR stops the race. And insist that everybody goes on to uh, wet weather tires. If I'm if I'm not mistaken, oh, I mean that'd be a smart call, yeah. So you don't. So want it to... gives the teams the opportunity to do things like install windshields, whatever. But yeah, it's certainly an aero benefit rather than a hindrance. Yeah, so I, I really appreciate you uh, explaining that to me because I just uh, you know I had actually never noticed it before that uh, they, there's you know different guys are are, are cleaning larger parts or smaller parts of their windshield so but, yeah um, at least it's, you know sometimes you know that maybe the driver finds the windshield wiper and you know distracting so they'll put it on a bigger sweep so it's in you know basically in front of him less often than if it was on uh, a, a wider sweep or sorry a narrower sweep so you know it, it's it, it's a lot of personal preference from a driver or a team perspective 
Thank you. I, I, again, I say interesting stuff. I just, as I was watching this, I, it just happened to, I, I, you know, it just really caught my eye because there was, you know, so much rain and so many windshield wipers. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. So where are we off to next in Xfinity? Are we, where are we at Sonoma? We're not. No. Right? Xfinity so, is all um, weekend. Okay. Xfinity got two weeks off, haven't they? They're at Nashville. Yep. Next one. Mm-hmm. All three series will be in Nashville in two weeks because Man. Cup will have their lone weekend off after Sonoma. Keyword: lone weekend off. Right, right. So Sonoma's when post Sonoma is when the TV coverage changes. Is that correct as well? That is correct. NBC from Nashville onwards. Yeah. Which, by the way, the IndyCar race was on the USA Network. I know it's a little bit too late, but it's a side note. Uh, the, the, the funny thing was how many people didn't realize that, right? People are on social media. Say, I couldn't find the IndyCar race. I'm like, well, you know, IndyCar published their schedule uh, with the listings of where every race mm-hmm. and what network they would be on at the beginning of the season. Yeah, on top uh, of the and, fact and, NBCSN and, has been under since New Year's Day 2022. Yeah, and and and. and and then the other thing is you just got these people like they're bitching on social media. I couldn't find the IndyCar race. I'm like, hey, you know how Google works? Yeah. You know how to remote like, control I, voice buttons? Yeah, yeah. yeah, I was going to say the, the information is not hard to come by this day and age. Uh, you know, but uh, anyway, Channel uh, that's that's a, that's another story for another day. Yeah, because I mean, yeah, it used to be you'd have to, you know, sit on your chair and tell your little kid to get up there and turn the knob for you. But even then, <laughs> even then, there's only three channels to, to choose from. No, I mean, you just you know, press guide on your thing and scroll through until you see IndyCar race. I just I just don't I just I just think, well, I mean, we know for a fact IndyCar fans like to bitch. And TV coverage is something they like to bitch about tremendously. And uh, amount of commercials um, is the only thing that people bitch about more than the fact that, oh, I'm not paying for Peacock or I couldn't find the race because it's on yeah. USA. I'm like, okay. You were needed you, for Toronto. I was going to say, USA is in more households than NBCSN was, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. So, but anyway, that's, I digress. Uh, so let's talk about, um, the cup debut in gateway. Okay. Now, yeah. Richard, Richard, you had the pleasure of spending some time up in gateway and, and you told me that you felt like the facility needed a little more work. Uh, yeah. and, and you did tell me they were actually working on some stuff. You were there, they're adding some additional oh, yeah. grandstands, yep. uh, which was nice because they had a fantastic crowd. They needed it. <laughs> yeah. They had a fantastic crowd. Of course, you know, cup coming to town is always a big deal. Uh, the first year when they come and it looked like the folks, Really enjoyed. I mean, you know, Fox Fox TV spent a lot of time showing some uh, crowd shots, right? Yeah, you know, where they they put the camera on some folks in the audience until they noticed they were on the jumbotron and start waving. But but the thing for me that that I thought was really uh, kind of heartwarming was that there were so many families with children and so yeah. many young kids with their with their ball caps and their t-shirts of their favorite drivers uh just having a great time and we really need to uh, you know make sure that we get that next generation of uh race fans uh you know take them to the races and whatnot i'm so uh glad that they fill the stands and it was so nice to see all these families um out there with the children just having a great time enjoying the race um and then they put on a good show yet yeah, they, they had pyrotechnics and fireworks and, and all kind of other things and country music concerts. Uh, but, uh, but in between all that, they, they actually had a race 
And it was, <laughs> <laughs> and it was our friend, Joey Logano, who seems to, whenever they add a new track, Joey says, well, I'll go ahead and win that first. I'll go ahead and take care of that for you. Um, so Joey, uh, fending off Kyle Bush at the end of the day, but, uh, Louise, you get a chance to watch, uh, a lot of gateway because I, uh, I missed the beginning because I was watching the IndyCar race, but I, I felt well, like the, the gen seven cars put on, uh, a pretty good show for the folks there. Everybody was trying to chase down Ross Chastain because Ross Chastain has apparently had a rough going, especially with Danny Hamlin to the point that well, we have another Hamlin Twitter war. This time involves he and Justin Marks because how Ross and Denny kind of ran each other many of times and Chastain felt like he owed an apology to a lot of the competitors. Sink uh, like, like half, half the field. Yeah. It's I mean, his, his, his post-race interview was the most interesting thing I've ever seen where he said, yeah, I, uh, I just need to stop running into other guys, man. I can't believe I did that. I'm like, okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, uh, Nice takeaway from the race. Yeah, but yeah, Ross made no friends. Yeah, and the Bush brothers had a another strong run curd with another top five to his name. Kyle and Lagana were bat were battling hard, and I felt like Kyle kind of washed up the track a little bit in over in the final restart, allowing Logano to get by and take the win. And I said that Logano will win because he can experience. For those who have previously ranked Gateway, even though the car, when it was the Nationwide Series, the cars are vastly different to where we are running now. Everything about Gateway, when it was, is different to for the competitors. Because in my mind, it started looking like maybe, even at one point, Kevin Harvey was having a strong show, and then he walloped the wall, and now he's on the outside looking in, which he hasn't been since 2014, the year he won the championship, excluding the Daytona 500, of course. So Harvick all of a sudden is not looking pretty good right now in general, to the point he's behind Tyler Reddick and Eric Amarola to make the playoffs by points. And with Logano winning, that's another repeat winner. So we're now slowly but surely seeing repeat winners, which helps those guys in the points like Chase Elliott, Al Marola and Tyler Reddick for now, but it does no yes, favors. Yes, limiting, limiting the amount of winning you're in, guys. Yeah, so yeah, and and, and another, so, and it was an also while Chastain made no friends, he still got a top 10. It's another track house afternoon where one car does well, the other not too, not too well, more often than not, as Swar Daniel Suarez on the short end of the stick again and again and again. And another side note with Chris Busher being sidelined with COVID protocols. Zane Smith from the truck series who drives for Front Row Motorsports. Yeah, Front Row Motorsports. So we'll make sure it didn't say furniture row because sometimes it can be confusing. But finished 17th in the 17 car. He had a little bit of a scary moment on pit road where he overshot, overshot his pits and they had to pull the car back before he actually went to the stall. In spite of that, for a guy that all intents and purposes was this close to being a cup rookie, had a certain at a certain race team didn't sell their cup at their cup program to another team. We'd be talking about Saints maybe being a cup regular this year, but that's not the case. He, of course, is finishing the truck series runner up the last two years. For a guy that has driven limited amount of times in Xfinity and now with his cup debut, he has showcased a lot of a lot of good things. 
on a short notice to get a top 20. I was expecting him to be top 25 at, at most. But the fact that he got an inside the top 20, albeit attrition was involved, but for the most part, he kept himself out of trouble and put up a great showing, which comes which will come a long way over time because sooner or later, we're going to see Zane Smith in the Cup Series, I'd imagine. I'd imagine so, yeah. But um, but uh, good day for the Penske cars, uh, all of them, because uh, you know Logano obviously taking the win. Blaney was right up there in the mix. Cindric was in there in the mix for a little while. I'm not sure where he finished, but he was up there near the front. Uh, but uh, it's just nice. Again, Roger Penske put a little bow tie on the weekend between wheelpower winning at Detroit, which is, you know, Roger's uh, the race Roger promotes uh, with Chevrolet and then Logano winning in a gateway. So uh Nice weekend for the captain there, but I did notice something odd. And again, this is this is just as dumb as the windshield wiper thing I was talking about. So, Louise, you remember at Texas when we saw Joseph Newgarden running a livery that we have associated with, um, with Kyle, McLaughlin, Kyle McLaughlin, and Kyle McLaughlin was running a livery that we associated with Joseph Newgarden. Kyle McLaughlin, never heard of Kyle, but I heard of Scott McLaughlin. But yeah, we talked about this a no, lot. No, Kyle, Kyle McLaughlin is an actor. Oh, he was, he was in, uh, yeah, no, but Scott McLaughlin, yes, thank you for correcting me. Because <laughs> my, Mc- my, my, my brain goes faster than my mouth sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so, yeah. Anyway, what's this? But, Kyle what's McLaughlin, you, what's the actor you, from The Doors who played Rayman Zarek? Oh, I don't know. He was on. Um, Dark headed guy, I can't remember. He was on played the time. That's not, yeah, what that's not what we're I talking know. about. Okay, <laughs> Scott, uh, Scott McLaughlin was running a livery we usually associate with Joseph Newgarden, and Joseph mm-hmm. Newgarden was running the livery that we generally associate with Scott McLaughlin, Scott, Correct. not Kyle, right? So yeah. now at Gateway, if you noticed, right. Ryan Blaney is was driving the Dent Wizard card, which, which we usually associate with the number two car. And mm-hmm. Cindric is driving the Menards livery that we usually associate with Ryan Blaney. Mm-hmm. So it's just it's just kind of interesting that Penske's had these musical chairs with the sponsors. Um, and I don't know if that's um, by the sponsors bequest to increase their. Um, you know, amount of diecast that they get on or they increase the amount of uh, airtime that they get. But I just found it kind of uh, interesting that this is the second time team Penske has kind of swapped liveries amongst drivers. So yeah. I, again, like I say, it's as stupid as the windshield wiper thing I noticed, but uh, actually Richard had a good answer for that. And I'm sure that Richard doesn't have a good answer for that. Cause he's as, as, as many race cars as he's worked on, he's never made a decision on livery. Have you? Uh, I don't think so. No, I probably scratched a few of them, but I know. <laughs> so, but I just, it's just a, a weird thing I noticed. So, yeah, it's it's very interesting, for sure. It seems like if we talked about it, it's the business and business practices. If they, that I don't know about the diecast ordeal because they're having trouble selling diecast, meaning certain quant, like minimum quota. So it's interesting back in the day. Oh yeah. They make die regardless, but these days it's got to meet a minimum quantity amount before it could be 
sold. If it doesn't meet yeah. a minimum quantity, it gets canceled. That's how the business. Yeah, yeah. Two, two thirds of the diecasts that are announced and, and offered for pre order are never made. Uh huh. In, in NASCAR. Yep. And a large chunk of them are the 43 of Eric Jones, which is kind of unfortunate because another Jones, guy, another guy who had a pretty good day at Gateway. Yeah. Top, top 10. And with this, with the worldwide technology co- sponsorship. So that will impress all those fo- fine folks from worldwide technology, the track and the, also the business itself. He was running the, uh, Bomarito livery, right? Yeah. Yeah. And that is, uh, Frank Bomarito who owns, uh, the bulk of the car dealerships in that area. So he's the same guy that pr- promotes the IndyCar race. And yeah, they're very, very, very big business um, in that area. That's uh, St. Louis suburb. It's really Southern Illinois, but yeah. So uh, yeah, good on them to put their name on that car, uh, you know, help uh, that petty group out and um, Eric Jones paying the back with a pretty good run. Yeah, he's nearly a race behind as far as the cutoff line uh, in terms of points. But if he keeps finding, he just needs to find some more consistency to where he can get more runs. So I'm I'm just looking for, I'm just curious to see how Jones does for the rest of the season because I feel like there's so many drivers on the outside looking in that would be much closer have they had luck in their side, like Suarez and Jones and all those guys. So. Absolutely. Yeah. So now, uh, Richard, um, do we have a Formula One race coming up this weekend? Uh, we have Baku this weekend. Streets of, uh, uh, streets of Baku. Yeah. Yep. In Azerbaijan. Indeed. Which is Baku is a lot easier to say. Yeah. That's that's, yep. that, that's a circuit I genuinely like. I yeah, really, I one, really like yeah. the Baku circuit. Um, uh, you know, I think it's funny that they, they put up the, uh, the tarps on the old buildings to make them look like uh, to make it look a little more Monaco esque. Yeah, uh, but, but uh, they do but, have they do have but, a genuine castle. Yes. Oh, yes. Actual, actual castle. Yep. Yep. The castle is not fake. Uh, it's just the apartments along the straightaway that are. <laughs> but uh, so um, let's uh, let, 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 let's go. Uh, sorry, it's like we're. I think we should all be impressed. We have not had drama in that very tight and narrow circuit. They have held their own. I, I think the drivers do a great job there. Yeah. yeah. So let's, uh, uh, so Richard, just preview that a little bit. Tell us who you think is going to be uh, strong there, Baku, because it's, it's a bit of a different circuit than uh, Monaco, which was the other yeah. true street circuit, but because you got a lot more chance to get a lot more speed going on here. Yeah. Um, they've got probably the long, I mean, it's not a pure straight, but one of the longest flat out stretches on the calendar um coming from the final turn through to turn one there um i think you'll probably see something we've seen you know similar to to a lot of races so far this season um you know probably the ferrari fastest in qualifying uh but you just think that red bull maybe have the edge on race pace uh which is which is pretty impressive really uh they've been very good maybe it's purely strategy maybe it's just the car's dynamics which allows them to Maybe be a little bit more gentle on the tires and uh, and have a more effective race performance there. But uh, no, it should be interesting. I, I think it's a uh, you know of the newer circuits we've been to. I think it's one of the better better ones. And uh, yeah, it does does lead to some pretty exciting racing there. So um, 
um, wh- while I'm discussing it, I'll go ahead and make my pick just to, uh, to stop everybody else getting in there ahead of me. But uh, I'm going to go with, with Checo to go back to back and uh, put a little bit of pressure on uh, on Verstappen in the uh, in the drivers' championship. Oh, that's pretty bold, man! Put a little pressure on Yas uh, uh, Verstappen to uh, bitch at the team more for not favoring his son. Yeah. yeah <laughs> so I'm gonna I'm gonna pick Charles. Because uh, he's uh, faltered the last couple, and uh, I think yeah. that uh, Leclerc is gonna go ahead and stake his claim uh, here and win this one. So, Louise, what do you think? Who do you like for Baku? Okay, so Louise is uh, evidently. Oh, oh, sorry. Oh, there I think, you are. I think it's gonna be it's tough. It's it's gonna be tough to be Red Bull, but. If there's going to be one guy that I think could surprise people, let's go with George. Oh, Ooh. yeah. Mm. I'd like to see George Russell win a race. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah it's that. going to be tough to beat Red Bull. You're looking at Verstappen looking for vengeance from last year in the race that a tire cost him the win and let go and took away what should have been his win to begin with. So he's yeah. going to be tough. Paris. I th- he's not far behind in, in the world championship, but we'll see how he does. That's why I said last time it's as good as it's going to get, in my opinion, for him. But we'll yeah. see. I mean, yeah, yeah we'll, we'll see. Another, yeah. thing to, another thing to consider before we drop off, and then we've got a, only got a couple of minutes left, I think. But because uh, this weekend as well is, um, I believe it's this weekend is Le Mans 24 hour as well. Or is that next weekend? I think it's next weekend. But we're in that week, that window of Le Mans which is just a fantastic spectacle and, uh, yeah, great fun, great fun. Uh, and actually it's this weekend, isn't it? And I think that's streamed on a lot of streaming services. And I think it's on one of the main, um, you know, network state channels over here, at least chunks of it. In, I think in, it's in on, quite good. yeah, it's been on Motor Trend the last couple yeah, of years. So some pretty good coverage of it, actually. And uh, I'm pretty impressed. And yeah, it's a great race. Fantastic race, fantastic cars, um, you know, real test. Yep. I mean, what Le Mans is now is what NASCAR used to be back in the 50s and 60s, you know, an endurance test. You know, that's why you have five, 600-mile races. You know, now every car out there can do five, 600 miles, so it's defeated the point, really, um, of having races of that length. But, um, yeah, on the on the uh, endurance racing, it, it's the pinnacle. It's a fantastic race. And, uh, yeah, if you do get a chance to watch some of it, please do. And um, are, are we not... Uh, um... Hendrick entering a uh, that's a, next a, year next year oh that's next year okay all right so yeah. uh yeah so we'll have yeah. to uh, but but there's a very 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 slim chance for Juan Pablo Montoya <laughs> to get the triple crown he's gonna need a lot of luck and all those LMP1 cars to have problems to get an LMP2 car to win overall. There's a yeah, slim, slim chance. Happen. Yeah, I know. <laughs> That's why I say very, very, very slim chance for Montoya. Alonso didn't, didn't enter the Indy 500 this year, and he had as good a chance as Montoya did. That is, that <laughs> is very true. I'm, the, I, you know, I have to mention that little t- semi factor that Montoya will be running, but there's a slim, slim chance of him winning the triple because of the class that he's in. It yeah. could, I mean, it, it could happen, honestly, you know, but, but, uh, I doubt it. And the funny thing is, if you win, if you had a class with Lamont, evidently that doesn't count towards your triple crown because, uh, you know, Mario's got a class win at Lamont and nobody 
ever looks at that. So I mean, at the end of the day, I think it should because you, you you're winning what you can compete against. You know. Yeah, and the whatever. thing is, Mario doesn't have didn't have a Monaco win, so that's why he's not. Yeah, well, the uh, the triple crowd is number one, not official. Yeah, it's, uh, it's Graham, like Graham Hill invented it. To, you know. To, to, yeah, and there's also like a technical side where it's like if you win the world championship, it alternates and all ex- that. Ex- stuff. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, so Mario has the world championship, right? It's a world championship, Indy 500, Le Mans, right? Of course, you know Mario can make up his own uh, triple crown and say Daytona 500, Indy 500, uh, you know, and world championship. So I would say uh, it's whatever you want to be because it's not an official trophy, but. True. But the one that Graham Hill established and um, invented is is kind of the the more recognized one. So uh, we got just a few minutes left. But Louise, you are headed off to Sonoma uh, to watch the Cup cars this weekend. So let's uh, let's talk about Sonoma real quickly, and uh, you and I make some picks. Yeah, it is back to the to the smaller layout where you go. You don't go through the carousel. You go through that. You go through the more wide open layout, like the chute, that's what they call it, where you, but they remove the turn four rumble strips on the driver's left because of the new car, which is from a photographer point of view, it's kind of a, it's kind of a shame. They've also repainted the rumble strip, which is not getting rave reviews, but I'm going to go with Martin Truex Jr. Not just because of the fact that Cole Pern will be around the team this weekend, but it's also the fact that we're back to the to the shoot layout. So, and he was the last guy to win it there. So let's go with Truex. Okay, and I'll go with uh, Chase Elliott because uh, this guy has not had a lot go well <laughs> in terms <laughs> of lately. Yeah. So, but yeah, he's uh, still this year. he's the regular season championship. I know, right? But he's not he's not hit the win column yet. But uh, no, I, I he know. did. He won Dover. Oh, that's right. He did. Okay. Blaney has this, the one who hasn't won a points paying race yet. That's right. Blaney, just, Blaney won the All-Star. Yeah. So yeah, uh, he's just been involved in a lot of incidents this season and still somehow finds a way to be racking up the results that he needs to pull away from Rochester in the regular season standings. Right. But I'm still going to go with Chase because uh, Chase is always good on a road course. And, uh, uh, you know, I, I really feel like. Uh, you know, the new car actually fits Chase's style better than guys like, uh, who'd you say, Truex? Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, and there's so. still those wild rumors of him. Maybe this is being this final year, but we can talk about that next week. Talk about that next week. Yeah, I mean, is, is Almendinger entered it uh, in the cup race? That is correct. He is so uh, that's another guy to watch out for right there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He, he could come in and play spoiler take away one of those uh winning your in spots from the uh the cup regulars so yeah that, that's that's a code yeah i was gonna say that's a guy you never want to count out um on a road course uh as evidenced by <laughs> you know this went last weekend at portland yeah. so and he has a ship on his shoulder too because in 2018 he won a stage and the car broke and finished last when he had a strong chance of probably putting himself in the playoffs in 2018 which was his last full cup year Wow, 18. Yeah, golly, it's been a while since he's been full-time in a cup. So, all right. So, well, we are out of time. So, uh, man, good show tonight, guys. I really appreciate talking to you. I hope you folks that uh, enjoy listening to us, enjoy listening to us as we enjoy talking. Uh, I want to thank Dan Blay. I want to thank Mark Dill, our sponsors. I want to thank the Hoobazoo Radio Network.
I want to thank Spreaker, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, and YouTube. Uh, and again, I want to thank you folks who listen to us. But until next week, man, good night. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.